Hey, I'm Heather, a chaos coordinator and mom of three young kids. Chaos and cookies is literally my life, with never-ending dishes, laundry, you name it. Being a mom is a blessing, but it also comes with hard days too. Together, we can find the humor and real solutions to lighten your load and clean up the crumbs. You're listening to the Chaos and Cookies Podcast. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Chaos and Cookies Podcast. I am very excited to have our guest today, and we are going to be talking about being mentally strong and about kids and also women. And before I bring her on, I'm going to give you a little background. And her name is Dr. Christy Bundakarma. And also Dr. B is how we're going to pronounce it because it's a very long name. And I'm going to give you a little bit of background. So Dr. B is a psychiatric nurse practitioner, wife, mother, and commander in the U.S. Navy Reserves. After serving as an Army medic, she attended nursing school at Florida International University. She continued to further her education by receiving a master's in nursing from FIU as a psychiatric nurse practitioner and then to Nova Southeastern for her doctorate. Not only does Dr. B continue to serve her country in the U.S. Navy Reserves, she has also served in various nursing positions, including missionary work in Jamaica, Mexico, and Peru. Dr. B has been married for over 20 years and shares seven children with her husband, two biological and five adopted from the foster care system. After devastating loss and an unexpected terminal medical diagnosis hit her family, she was challenged with her view on life and her faith in God. While life is filled with both joy and pain in varying degrees for different people, Dr. B created Choice Mapping, her story of hardship and what is what and what joy is what allowed her to create the mentally strong method. The mentally strong method is a formula to say I am mentally strong. Please welcome Dr. Christy B to the show. Hello and thank you for oh, your service. You. <laughs> Thank you. How are you doing today? And where are you coming? You're, are you still I, in? Um, I'm in Colorado Springs. Okay. Um, this is where we have the face-to-face -face clinic here in Colorado Springs. Um, and yeah, it was a busy morning, but I'm excited to be on. Excellent. And I have to ask our icebreaker question, and that is, what is your favorite cookie and or cookie memory? Ooh. Um, I just love my grandmother's uh, chocolate chip cookies, which my mom thinks that she can make them, but she really is not doing it the same as my grandma. <laughs> it's no good. Aww. Uh, so my sister has been taking it over um, and has gotten the recipe down, but she did something special to those chocolate chip cookies uh, and she's no longer with us. So that is my favorite cookie. Oh, I love yeah. it. Chocolate chip's always my favorite. That's my choice <laughs> also. And it's the love, the love that made it special. I'm That's sure. Right. right? Yes. She poured into it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. And I'm very, we, we chatted before and I'm very excited for the listeners to hear what you do. And let's, let's talk about what it, means to be mentally strong. Can we dive yeah. into that a little more? Well, I think, you know, we have this perception that being mentally strong is like always having it together. And I uh, speak specifically to women when we, we kind of get pegged with being emotional as being a negative. Um, and I always reframe that as passionate. You know, I've ever since I was a kid, I was like, oh, you're emotional. And as in a negative way, and I have been able to learn to channel that uh, to a very positive and being passionate. Um, mental strength is a journey. 
it's not a it's not whether you have it or don't have it and i think we have this concept that if we just compartmentalize everything and don't react and and don't have too much emotion or not enough like we have this picture of what mental strength is and it's different for everybody i mean i i am passionate about challenging people that you do have control of yourself your own reactions um, but you may not have control with what goes on around you and you um, can learn to be mentally strong in that and it's a it's a process it's just like going to the gym it's not a you know read this one you know life coaching book and now if you just think positive everything good will happen around you and that's really not real life any of us that are <laughs> out here really living and and you know the reality is is bad things happen to good people you could be doing everything right and bad things can still happen um you know and like you mentioned you know i've lost two children and i in my mind i was doing everything right um and that shakes your world it shakes everything about you um who you know what you believe who you are uh you know you love your children so much and to lose a child it's like how could you possibly be mentally strong right but i'm right. telling you that you you can but it's not easy and it's going to take a lot of tears and a lot of emotion and that's okay um i definitely like to empower women that emotions are are not bad they're how we're made and um you know we need to embrace that but we do need to control it we shouldn't you know be wearing our emotions on our sleeve all the time but don't be embarrassed of them and to own them and one of our choice opportunities is being comfortable in your story and, oh yes you know being able to you know we all have a story and being able to to say well this is you know this is where i failed this is where i went wrong this is where i went right this is what i'm doing about it that's mental strength it's a it's a journey it's a personal story for everybody it's not a you know we do have this mentally strong um method formula but that is just a, a framework to help you on your journey it's not the answer right there's no answer it's it's very individual uh, what mental strength is for for you and where you are in your journey and what's going on with you right no 100 percent. i was just having this conversation actually the other day about how emotions sometimes can come off as weak or mm -hmm. vulnerable but really it's to show strength and also to process things it's just like a way to get it out you know just yeah. like a running or something that, to that manner and so almost taking the stigma away from it right. is really important um right. and so you also mentioned like mentally strong kids and so what mm -hmm. does that mean to you like raising a kid and mentally well, strong? They, it, there's so many avenues so in the course we actually have eight categories that we're looking at like um and i'll probably won't be able to remember them all but communication uh, emotional development um your ability to express yourself um developmentally physically mentally emotionally spiritually and making sure our kids are getting influence in all of those areas and allowed to experience stress so that they can learn to handle stress right mm -hmm. um i think you know we have a generation that the parents you know a lot of parents were trying to protect their children from everything and then you know we hit this pandemic and it's the first major stress that they've ever had in their life and we're having a mental health crisis with children right now because they don't know how to handle it and so one of my little taglines is stress is growth like if you've never experienced stress 
then how can you know how to handle stress? Right. And so, you know, allowing um, your children to, they get in trouble in school instead of saying, oh, well, that teacher doesn't know what she's talking about. I'm going to go to the school and defend my child, right? Say, okay, maybe the, the teacher was wrong, but what do you do when your boss is wrong? Right. You don't right. Can't always go nope. and correct your boss, right? You don't want to lose your job. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you just have to learn to submit to authority, whether that authority is correct or not. And so, you know, uh, so that's just one example. Um, but in the, the extreme of that, what if somebody is abusing uh, your child, right? How do, you know, how do we teach them to stand up for themselves to, you know, to do tell on authority that is uh, abusing them, right? So there's, it's relationships are a priority. This is my number one thing. If you have a relationship with your child, um, you're, you're going to get through everything, right? But you have, but it, it's constant and it's different with every child. So if you have more than one child, every yeah. child is different. Every child is different. Oh my gosh. They are all different. So you have to approach them all in different ways. Right. Yes. And so, and, and, you know, unfortunately we all want this, you know, if we just do this, this, and this, our kids are going to be, um, and, and you hear this in the church all the time. Um, I was raised in the church. I, I raised my kids uh, in the church. And now I'm looking back at some of those things and I'm going, I wish I wouldn't have said that, right? I wish I wouldn't have, you know, said, well, you know, if you do this, then, you know, these things will, um, you know, if you, and I don't want to quote any specific thing, but just being careful of what we're saying is black and white because life is really gray. Like nothing is black and white. Um, and we, you know, it's, it's easy to do, especially when the kids are young, but somewhere between the ages of 10 and 12 development, developmentally, kids are now able to see the abstract and they begin to see that things are not black and white. And so if your, um, you know, if your punishment or the way you run your household is still based on black and white, after they start to learn that the world is actually has lots of grays, um, this is where you start to get, you know, kind of those rebellious teenagers that, you know, because the relationship begins to get strained because what you're saying is black and white is not what they're experiencing in the world. Right. 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 Um, so, you know, growing with your child and um, in the course we talked about, so it wasn't just me teaching the course. I had um, a family and marriage therapist, a licensed clinical social worker, uh, a PhD sociologist, um, and another uh, experienced mother, and we, it was a team approach to this course. And one of the things that we talked about in um, the relationship with your child, I described it as a tug of war, like, you know, they're pulling on one end and I'm pulling on another end and we're trying to, you know, come to compromise. And um, the licensed clinical social worker, she said, I like to look at it more like a dance, like we're dancing together and sometimes they're leading and sometimes I'm leading. And we're growing together. And I said, oh, that's such, that's more graceful. My experience was more of a tug of war. <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, ever, uh, classic of everyone has different experiences with yeah, everything. Yeah, but, you know, going backwards, you know, I wish I would have had that mindset. Like, it doesn't have to be a tug of war with your kids. Like, you could, um, but it, it takes some growth on our part, right, as the parent to, you know, respect this person as a human being, that they have their purpose and their life. And, um, and how do our job is to slowly release them rather than holding on to them. Right. And you're just molding on. new people. Yeah. You're, you're preparing them for the world and raising them the right way. Cause 
oh, you can only do so much before you like release them to the world. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so relationships are a priority. That's my number one thing is when, when things are, when you're having questions about something with your child, stop and think, okay, my relationship is priority. How do I make sure that no matter how I handle this, that the relationship is um, the number one and right. not that you don't punish you still, there should be reward and punishment in any, and, and also thinking like the real world. I think sometimes parents are so enmeshed in having a relationship that they're not, they're not providing any authority or structure either. Right. So because they're scared to say no to that child because of their relationship. Um, but think of it as in the real world, like how would a boss, you know, be able to have authority over someone and still have that person like them, right? In, in teaching real world skills as we're raising our kids. Sure. I mean, that is, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a delicate balance on when you yeah. have to be supportive and there, or if you have to be the parent and be hard love or, you know, tough love kind of thing. So it's a, it's a yeah. constant struggle and battle. I, I, I experience it too. I mean, yeah. I will roll sometimes it's like, and then, you know, it's like, Oh, I totally gave in on that, but you know, you live, you learn and right. it, it, there's times and places for it all. Right. Right. And there's times and places for giving in. Right. I mean, you know, um, that's okay too. Like this concept of perfect parenting we need to throw that out, out the window because there's no such thing. And no. retrospectively, you'll look back. Like I said, my youngest is 21, so I'm done. And now I can confess all of the things I did wrong. Yes, right. <laughs> you can now finally just say, like, I would have done this, you know? And, yeah. and I always say this too about like my first one, like, I've got three and they're young, they're seven, six, and four. And I always say, well, I made the most mistakes with my first one because they're my first child and I didn't know right. what to do. And so, yeah, I improved each time and it, it, you learn. And plus everyone's different. Like my kids are all have different hurdles and you just can admit mistake later, like seven years later, like, oh yeah, I made so many mistakes. That, like, so I fixed it on the second one. It's fine. Like yeah. I adjusted. Right. And then you can give that advice and help somebody else. And then, you yeah. know, and so on and so forth. So I love that. Well, we're talking about mentally strong, I mean, in our environment and things like that. And um, what advice would you give to families going through difficult times? Like, where would you start or support? Like, is it therapy, outreach? How are you have those discussions with your kids? Yeah. So if you feel like you need professional help, get professional help. Like there, you, Which is there the best thing be ever, by the way, everyone should go to therapy. I just, just going to put that out there. Like, cause it's just, you have an outlet, a third party outlet that has, they don't have a, an MO, they don't have an agenda that they're trying to right. achieve for you. Like, it's really nice to be able to just black. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And kind of getting that, you know, concept of wrapping around of, you know, how do I get through this? And so Anytime somebody's feeling like, should I get professional help? Go get professional help. Like you said, even if you just went for five or six sessions, yeah, you know, you get this input from somebody else. The, the real, but the reality is, is everybody, if everybody that needed therapy went to therapy, we would not have enough therapists. We already know that there's huge issues with access to care. Um, insurance companies and co-pays and especially with um, children, by the way, um, I just would have to say like, it's very difficult to find a child therapist 
at least in the area that I'm in, but just because, well, now it's like inundated with COVID, but I find that it's hard to find someone, A, that might take insurance or that Mm -hmm. they're just not taking new patients because of availability, right? right? So I've noticed that. Yeah, it is a huge problem. And um, there's actually lots of, you know, NAMI, uh, the National uh, Organization for Mental Illness is, you know, talks a lot about that. There's um, lots of research studies on access. We, we know that there's not enough therapists out there to, to handle the need. Um, and so my desire is to really get into that prevention place of let's start training people, you know, in this mentally strong method so that, you know, when things do happen, you know how to deal with them. Um, and you know, then maybe your therapy sessions are shorter, you know, five or six sessions rather than being in therapy for years. If you have this framework to be able to do it on yourself. Um, The Raising Mentally Strong Kids course is not for people dealing with significant problems. It is for parents who want to prevent those problems. And can you Um, maybe elaborate on what that, like what those major problems could look like? So if you have a child who is telling you they're, they're depressed, telling you that they want to hurt themselves in any way, including obviously suicide, that is no, you have to get a professional assessment. Um, we, the suicide rates are going up so much and it's a very, very scary place to be. And it's not, I don't want people to think that a course is to replace professional therapy, no, right? hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, it gives you some guidance and education on what it is and you make right. decisions based off of that. Right. Um, but if you know personally that you're currently struggling, right, and you don't want your kids to, to struggle the same way, the Raising Mentally Strong Kids course would be perfect for you because it's about that balance of taking care of yourself and taking care of your kids and raising them the way that you, you know, want to, that they can handle stress, that they, you know, can handle those things. Well, where can one find the course if the listeners um, want to look into Mentally Strong Kids uh, and, and find out more about it, or maybe contact you, where can we find that? So the, um, website is mentallystrong.com and at the very top, it'll say courses and you just click on that. We have a course, uh, for, um, people it's called mentally, uh, mentally stronger together, where you can learn the mentally strong method. And, um, you know, you can do that with someone or by yourself and then the raising mentally strong kids. And then we have a professional course there as well. Um, and you know that that will be growing. We're going to develop a grief-specific course and a trauma-specific course as well. So um, mentallystrong.com is the main part of the website. And follow me on social media, including YouTube. I do put out a YouTube once a week, to and it's all just a, around that how to be mentally strong. So there's you know different topics and those kinds of things. But um, I'm passionate about teaching people to be able to, to do this on themselves. Wonderful. I, I know that I'm going to go check it out and, mm-hmm. and look at it. And I know there's some others I would really, that I'm going to refer it to. And I really appreciate you being on today and sharing that with us. And yeah. uh, for those of you who are interested, go check out the show notes where all of the links will be and uh, you know, pay attention to your kids and also yourself and don't feel like it's a bad thing to ask for help. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Just get on the journey. Like it's a journey. Um, yeah, Yeah. there's so much out there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again for being here and uh, I'm sure we will talk again soon (laughs) and 
Thank you uh, for the listeners listening and uh, for another episode of the Chaos of Cookies podcast. So I'll see you guys next time. Perfect. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Chaos and Cookies podcast. If you want more goodies and friends to share them with, follow the crumbs to the Facebook group or visit the Chaos and Cookies website to grab my sweet secrets on how to calm your cookies. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. See y'all next week for another episode of Chaos and Cookies.